Hello my beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of Millie's Miss. Millie's Miss. I missed an episode last week, okay, how fucking dare I? And what's worse is I don't think you guys even noticed, and I'm hurt by it. Can we pretend you noticed? Because I feel like that would really help my self-esteem. I am back in South Africa and this is not a South African accent. It's a fucking Australian one, but it's my go-to accent. I actually haven't picked up a South African accent. All I know is they go, hey, brew. So all I do is go random like, hey, brew. Hey, brew, brew, brew. So, my flight back. I don't want to flex on you guys, okay? But are you ready for this? I was in economy. Economy? I was in economy premium. Yes, I was. It's called making it. Or it's called daddy upgrading me, kindly. (laughs) When I left, I was sobbing in Harvey's eyes. What the fuck, Millie? That doesn't fucking make sense. You can tell I haven't done this in a while. I was sobbing into Harvey's eyes. Harvey's eyes are doing just fine. I'm going to try this again. I was sobbing into Harvey's arms. I was sobbing. Um, why wasn't he crying? I just want to ask. Why was he not crying? Why was he not on the floor, hysterical and inconsolable? I don't know. I really need to work through that with him. Like, squeeze a tear out to make me feel better. I bet he was like, this is the most stressful three weeks of my life. Get on that plane. I'm absolutely done with you. I think I forgot last week's episode because... Why do I do this cough, guys? Is it really annoying? I think I forgot about you guys because I'm just super famous now. (laughs) I had five minutes of fame and it's gone to my head. I earn absolutely no money. I'm sitting in a room with the Louis Vuitton fucking notepad that I spent all my money on thinking I am the bee's knees. I sat down on the plane in my premium economy seats and I touched on this that I'm now afraid of flying so I got out my Louis Vuitton notebook let's see take a shot how many times I mentioned this fucking notebook because then what's the point in crying about how much money I spent on it and I get my pen my Louis Vuitton pen I am joking (laughs) I get my little biro and I write something along the lines of this notebook is going to be found in the ruins of a plane crash this fucking Louis Vuitton notebook that I spent all my money on if you find it, have fun, keep it, sell it, I don't care. <laughs> the plane fortunately didn't crash, so the notebook is still in my possession. It's almost like I'm trying to lose it at this point. Take it away from me. I need to learn my lesson. So I didn't do last week's episode A, I was on a flight thinking I was going to die. But B, I'm recovering from a chest infection. A chest infection. I actually had to have antibiotics. And normally I'm super dramatic and I think I'm faking every time I'm ill. Because I'm kind of like the boy who cried wolf. I have a headache and I think I'm dying from a brain tumour. 
but for once in my life something was actually wrong. So I was like, haha, fuck you people. I'd just like to thank my doctor that never doubted me. I'd like to thank my boyfriend who looked after me. And I'd like to thank my dad for being my dad. And Bertie, my dog, for doing shit all. So let's get into the topic of this podcast. So today I want to talk about my past job experiences. I've worked at Victoria's Secret. I've worked in a nightclub. I've worked in Tesco. And I think I did three hours working in a cafe. So let's get into it. When I got a job, well, it was kind of like a trial run at a cafe, and it was not for me, honey buns, not at the time. That coffee machine was like the most complicated machinery I had ever come across. What is a latte? How do you make a cappuccino? How do you make a flat white? I sound like the dumbest person on earth, but when I overthink something, I get super overwhelmed, and this woman was like, that's not right that's not right, that's not right, and I'm sweating, like drips of sweat are dripping into these people's coffee. I wanted to avoid the embarrassment of being rejected, so I kindly said that I had too much on my plate. (laughs) I mean, as a 16-year-old, what did I have on my plate? Chicken nuggets and chips. It just wasn't the right time in my life to take on that career. I might go back to it, I might give it a second go, I like think sometimes I want to work at Starbucks and then I get flashbacks to that coffee machine and I'm like, I don't think I can, I don't think that career is for me. Does anyone get it, like when they have a really bad first experience or something, because obviously I'm fucking new and I'm gonna get it wrong, but I'm like finding it the most stressful, traumatic experience and I'm like, I'm so sorry and they're like please just like get yourself together and do your job so we swiftly move on from that I'm actually after that experience that was like fucking like 10 million years ago and I still won't go into that coffee shop I'm like I don't want to be recognized I'm so embarrassed like it's got like a whole new owner I am such a flake when it comes to these stories, I won't lie to you, Millie's work ethic wasn't 100%, I was also battling crippling mental health and I wish that was taken into consideration, while you're listening just imagine me balancing a job and then crying in my bedroom, it's a lot to handle. So I worked at Tesco, dot com so dot com is i think it's called dot com where you go around with the trolley at like a 5 a.m 4 a.m and you pick people's shopping because they've shopped online i was also in my clubbing stage millie the hoe was out i'm joking i'm joking am i joking i'm probably not joking millie live your best life genuinely probably thought i was on geordie shore but in bournemouth without the sex I was a proper little townie I was. Back in my day, I always used to go clubbing. I knew the Bournemouth crowd. I was in that smoking area, falling over. Yeah, that was back in my day. You don't know what it was like. Oh my God, my clubbing stories, that is a whole new kettle of fish. I've never used that saying. I feel quite cultured. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Also, I'd like to point out I'm extremely fucking grateful because... 
I really wanted to work, but I also did have really bad mental health. So I was really fucking lucky that when it got really, really bad, I was able to not work and focus on my mental health. And not everyone has that opportunity. Completely get that. People fucking have to work. And I was lucky enough for it to be a choice when shit got bad. Am I being annoying with the... Is my microphone too close to my mouth? Do I think I'm a rapper? (laughs) Record deal. It's in my horizon. It's in my future. I see it now. So the problem with being in my clubbing stage was sometimes I would stay up till 5am and that's when my shift was. I would not go into my shift intoxicated. There was a couple sickies pulled. I will admit that. Going round with a trolley at 5am, round a absolutely dead, cold, empty, shopping mall, it wasn't a mall store, was probably one of the most depressing things ever. And I, guys, I thought I was doing it so quickly because they time you. I thought I, I was running round that store and then at the end, I find out I'm the slowest person. I am doing all I can. I'm picking up that bread like it's new tomorrow. And I'm thinking, how are these people being quicker than me when I see Margaret and Sandra having a chat in the cold section aisle? The manager was really scared. <laughs> she scared the living daylights out of me. And I was a little sensitive sausage back then. So... I would just cry sometimes in the bathroom, have a good old cry at 5am and I think the worst was when it was Christmas so you'd be wandering around and it was these Christmas songs playing over and over and over and it would be dark and I would just be like, see this is my life. You'll notice a really recurring pattern is my mental health went to fucking shit and I And you'll notice a recurring pattern is I won't go into that Tesco anymore. (laughs) I can't lie, I fucking rocked that Tesco uniform. I might get it back out and strut around in it. That was a bit of me. Actually blows my mind that when I went clubbing, I would stay up until like 5 or 6 a.m. Like, I'm an actual psychopath. I'm in bed by like 8 now. I'm the biggest granny I've ever met. Like, even Harvey is like, Millie, you really need to get your shit together and, like, make it to 8.30. We'll be in the middle of watching a film. And, like, Harvey's trying to discuss it with me and I'm out like a light. Anyway, anyway, anyway. God, my brain goes in all different directions. The main part that you guys are here for, I know it, is Victoria's Secret. And I have a great story about when I worked in a nightclub. So just let's, let's get into the good shit. So I was in my guppyar. I was on my guppyar and I applied for Victoria's Secret. So I applied as a Christmas temp. So uh, like a bunch of girls only work over Christmas because it's a super busy holiday. And so basically it's only temporary. It's in the fucking name. Um, so I applied to be a Christmas temp and they never got back to me. So I was like, that's fine. I didn't care. Um, and then they finally got back to me and I found out I was just like the last to be hired. Like they needed an extra person in. They didn't realize how busy it was going to be. So I was like the last option. 
and they were after the Christmas season they only kept 10 people on from like the 30 people that were working there and I was one of the 10 people they kept on I felt like I had made it in life so then I was working full-time there and when I worked at Victoria's Secret I'm highly influenced so it became my life like I ate slept breathed shagged a Victoria's Secret I would preach about it it was like I was a part of a cult I would do anything for Victoria's Secret also a disclaimer Victoria Beckham has nothing to do with Victoria's Secret like absolutely nothing I don't even know if she has ever stepped into a Victoria's Secret store and don't get me wrong I once thought the same thing I don't know who Victoria is I hope she's doing well I hope she's okay let's send her <laughs> working at Victoria's Secret is fucking hard work I will not lie it's a very competitive place to work in it's about sales incredible customer service like you have to deliver you have to get the sales in you have to provide that customer service you have to be on your toes at every moment and basically what happens is you'll notice when you go into Victoria's Secret I think a little less now but you will have to approach the customer and help them get them everything like everything they need and more and I find it super annoying when people come up to me when I'm shopping I want to be like leave me the fuck alone I know what I'm doing but we literally had to go up to every customer hi how are you what I can help you with here are like the deals on today and then you would say your name at the end so the hopes was hopes was the hope was when they went to check out even if you didn't really help them because they didn't want help is you get asked did anyone help you today on the shop floor and they'll remember oh actually Millie you know tried to help or Millie did help and their transaction how much they spend would go under your name so if you help with a customer you are with them their whole journey at Victoria's Secret you'd be like um thank you so much, like, my name's Elizabeth, by the way, I was known as Elizabeth, because that's on my passport, so I had to go by Elizabeth at work, like, hi, like, how you would always have to name drop your name, so you made sure that when they were at the checkout, they would say your name, so their transaction would go under your name. What happened was, there are three different rooms in the Victoria's Secret I worked at, so I would help someone so much in the front room um I would help them pick out all the bras I'd give them excellent customer service but they would go into the second room where someone else was helping them and they would remember the second person's name so then my transaction would like because it's kind of mostly I helped gather their things would go under someone else's name (laughs) see someone sometimes like people kind of steal your transactions even if it's just like they said hi in the second room so I don't think it's like this anymore but we would get paid obviously a set rate which was really good already and then we would get extra depending on how many sales I don't really know how it worked because you had to get a a specific number of sales before you got commission and 
when I was there, they stopped doing that. They just upped everyone's um, standard rate that they got paid an hour, which was really annoying because I started to get really good at sales. Thing is, I still miss Victoria's Secret. Hashtag take me back. But when I tell you guys at the end about how I quit, they're never going to take me back. And also, I think if you do quit, I don't think they rehire you. I think if you leave to move away for uni, like, it's a valid reason. I think they'll have you back, maybe as a temp. Like, if you're home for the Christmas period, they'll take you on as a temp again. But they would definitely not have Millie Dutton for sure back after they quit. I can't lie, like, it's a really intense job. Like, you do have to work really hard. And basically when the shop floor is dead, like when no one's in the store, you have these iPads and you have to basically educate yourself. So there's this whole like, there's this whole like training thing and you have to answer questions and revise. Like guys, it's fucking crazy. You don't want to hear more about how it works. You want me to tell you the crazy fucking stories that happened while I was working there. So I worked at Victoria's Secret for about five minutes. Okay, I think it was six months actually. And sometimes I would only have one day off, um, which was kind of my choice. But basically your days off weren't really picked. So your days off could be like Monday and Thursday. It wouldn't necessarily be the weekend, but you would have normally two days off a week. So I was on the till. And this guy comes up with a really cute set of sexy underwear for his girlfriend. And as I am processing this underwear and packing it in a cute Victoria's Secret bag, he he continues to chat me up and try and take me on a date while I am holding his girlfriend's underwear that he will be taking off later. You can't trust these hoes. I was like, I hope your girlfriend really enjoys this set. Thank you so much. Go fuck yourself. Okay, I didn't say go fuck yourself. (laughs) I'm trying to get paid here. So there's a lot of guys that come in shopping for their girlfriends or wives. And they do not know their size. Imagine trying to just pick a size. Like they would be like, yeah, my girlfriend's boobs are like the size of that girl over there. Definitely not yours. Yours are too small. A lot of the times, okay, I think it was one time and this happened to my friend, but it definitely happens more. We're trying to figure out this random woman's size and a guy straight up got a nude of his girlfriend and was like, yeah, that's her boob size. (laughs) Imagine taking sexy nudes only for them to be shown to Victoria's Secret staff. I, it's not worth the bra. Is fucking not worth the problem. Don't get me shit. And do you know what the problem is when guys shop for their girlfriends? They go for the kinkiest shit possible. I mean, not all of them, but you know, girls like want to feel sexy and cute. There were these pants, and there was a hole where the bum hole was, and that he was like, "Yes, I want that one definitely." <laughs> And also, why do guys ask or even think it's a possibility for us to try on the bra to see how it looks? 
they're like yeah I think that's the one if you could just try it on so I see how it looks on a woman that would be great I'm like no unfortunately I can't but you can try on some customers can be really fucking rude and honestly you have to be the politest human in the world you have to go and do anything for the okay not anything get your minds out the gutter people we actually had this one girl that would always come in and what she would do is get a bunch of sexy underwear go into the changing rooms, take a bunch of selfies in the mirror for her Instagram, and then just never buy anything. I was actually in Westkey the other day, because I used to work at Victoria's Secret in Westkey, and guys, this is fucking years ago, like this is 2019, and this girl came in, and her phone slid under one of the cabinets, and you can't move those cabinets, So I was getting a coat hanger and I spent most of my fucking shift, my lunch break, trying to get this iPhone out the cabinet. Anyway, I succeeded. And I was in the shoe, you know, the shoe store, shoe, the shoe store. And this girl's helping me and she was like, you were the girl that helped me get my iPhone from the cabinet. I'm like, holy shit. A lot of rich men would come in, I guess they're on their business trips, and they would buy the whole fucking store. They're like, I want that, I want that, I want that, yep, I want that. I'm like, we're running around like, (laughs) we're gonna get fucking sales. Anyway, you try and create conversation with them, and you're like, oh, your wife's so lucky, like, is this for your wife? This guy was like, straight up, no, this is not, (laughs) this is not for my wife. And then when he's on a different business trip, he'll come back in, he'll be like, I'm actually shopping for my wife this time, and just gets really conservative underwear, and then, listen guys, and then sometimes he'd come back in with his actual wife, his actual fucking wife, you're like, oh my god, thank you so much for coming in, I wish I could punch you in the face, have a great day, sir, oh my god, I'm never, ever, ever, I don't think I can ever go back into the store, ever, this is really bad talking about this, I can't really afford anything in there anymore, (laughs) I'm an unemployed 22 year old with mediocre mental health, one thing I can say about Victoria's Secret is they were so understanding of my mental health, they gave me time off, unpaid, but like they got it, they really understood, so I, you know a little positive spin on that so obviously I think you guys know there's Victoria's Secret then next to Victoria's Secret there's Pink so Pink is kind of aimed at like maybe younger girls even though I got loads of stuff from Pink M- less sexy more like every day and they also sell clothing so I was helping this woman and she was buying pants for her daughters and I got talking to her and basically she really wants to build a relationship again with her daughters. Anyway, I'm helping her get pants from the bottom drawer. <sighs> she ends up crying into my arms for a full hour while I'm giving her a full on therapy session about how her daughters will come back and how everything will be okay and she just needs to give it time. 
I needed to be helping around 15 customers at this point. I need to be keeping an eye on shoplifters. But instead, I was on the floor giving a therapy session, holding a bunch of pants. At this point, I was probably giving her the pants to use as tissues. I probably needed to mop up the tears on the floor. Bless this woman. I hope she's okay. I hope she's doing well. And I hope the daughters are living their best life with the pants. Talking about going the extra mile. That was the point where I was like, I think I could be a therapist. I was also into my lunch break. And I was like, there is only so much therapy I can give you. My rate is five for 25. (laughs) Some pants five pounds for 25 also by the way my name's fucking elizabeth say my name at the checkout um so these women came in and they were shopping for their nieces and daughters and there was this sparkly top in pink and she goes can you try it on really quickly so i put (laughs) i put the top over my clothes and she's like i'm not sure if it would fit her because your boobs are very small and hers are bigger. Thank you so much for pointing that out. I'm very much aware. We would get a lot of underwear back. Um, like people would try it on in the changing rooms. And uh, guys, <clears throat> that would just be discharge on all the underwear. Like all of the underwear. What was really good about working there is you got so much free shit. I mean, not the discharge underwear. No, 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 no. Each month you would get, like, it would come through and there'd be a list of stuff that you could have for free. I actually earn quite a lot of money there and I have absolutely nothing to show for it. I literally only have underwear panties and perfume to show for it like the cutest fucking underwear and guess what I don't even wear it because bras are uncomfortable and granny pants are the only way forward oh this is really embarrassing okay basically you get so used to like folding pants (laughs) that I went home and I folded all my pants and I still fucking do it so in my little panty drawer there were like perfectly folded thongs on one side and then perfectly folded granny pants on the other side and I still do it and I hate myself for still doing it and it literally looks like a store the stealing on the microphones it would be like um okay guys watch out because Jeffrey's just got out of prison and he'll be targeting the store and Jeffrey swipes the whole of the front table before you can even blink Jeffrey is off Jeffrey attacked the store like five times and basically guys there's nothing we can do about it there's absolutely nothing we can do about it if someone comes into the store and is stealing we just like make sure we stick with them but like in JD, these guys can literally sprint after the people that steal. And we just have to be like, have a good day, sir. No, I'm joking. Security gets them. But people would steal perfumes. And then they would be on the street with plastic bags offering me the perfume that they had stolen. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Don't steal, man. 
don't steal. Stealing's bad. Also, a lot of people would come in and be like, um, I want the biggest dildo. Can you please help me? And I'm like, oh, um, no, honey bun. We do not sell that strawberry lube and that massive dildo. But Anne Summers can help you with that. I actually had a friend who worked at Anne Summers before Victoria's Secret. And people would full on have sex in the changing rooms. People do not give a shit how I quit Victoria's Secret. So I had a milli meltdown. Mental health hit a rock bottom. I also got dumped by text. It was a lot was going on. And I'm so grateful. So I was able to go to Morocco with my mum, like and it significantly improved my mental health just getting out of England. Guys, I was in a bad, bad way. So basically what I did was handed my resignation letter, but I sent it by post. I was in a bad way. So basically, I didn't send it first class. So I was already in Morocco and the letter arrived and they tried to call me. But I didn't pick up because I just didn't have my phone. But you know when you're on holiday and it has like different beeps. Because you can tell it's like beep. Like it's that foreign beep. So I also posted a photo of me and Morocco. So it looked like I had literally just ghosted them and gone on holiday. And then like a week later they got my resignation letter how bad is that I was absolutely mortified and I couldn't go into the store for like a year so that was the end of my journey at Victoria's Secret I hope I gave you guys a little insight but we're not done yet we're gonna move on to when Millie worked in a nightclub and that was a vibe I cannot lie that was a vibe I was in my first year of uni and this guy messaged me and was like, there are jobs available at this nightclub. Come in for an interview. How fucking sketchy is that? And then I turn up to this nightclub in the day for an interview and it's dark and no one's there. (laughs) Millie, what are you doing? Just like, I do not care about the safety. I'm so gullible. Anyway, like it was legit, but still, I probably should have put more thought into it. So the interview goes well and at first I'm a hostess so like bring heels do this do that you know with the little sparklers yeah I was that girl at first and then I went behind the bar because fuck wearing heels the problem is the shifts were absolutely crazy like mental like at 10 p.m you would go in and then you would be leaving at like 6 30 a.m and then I would have uni at 9 a.m so best believe I was not going into uni guys would just slap your ass the whole fucking time like it was vile like these sweaty men trying to chat you up and it's like oh honey bun you're obviously intoxicated because you think you have a chance we were not allowed to obviously drink on the job but we were allowed like free red bulls and guys it was fucking ridiculous because because they were free i was like i'll take advantage of this i was having like 10 red bulls like i felt like i was mid heart attack when i got back to uni halls at 6 a.m i'd be lying in bed and i would be like oh yeah this is it for me like my heart is about to pop out my chest there was this guy who went on love island and 
he had this phrase, okay, you know the catchy little phrase that guys say on Love Island and then it gets picked up, he would say it to me and it did not fucking make sense and I was like, bro, stop saying that to me because it just sounds like you were crazy. So he would say it to me quite a lot. Anyway, he goes on Love Island and he says this phrase and my jaw drops because when he was on After Sun, is it called After Sun? People asked him, um, you know, where did that come from? And he's like, oh, I just came up with it in the moment, even though he was saying it left, right and center to every female in the club. So I would go there a lot to party oh my god so bad (laughs) so basically I got absolutely smashed and I would go into the manager's office and like we were all really buddy buddy and then I was so smashed I was like I quit I am done I quit I you know this is not for me and then the next morning the guy the manager messages me like how are you you quit last night, I was like, fuck, please can I have my job back, because I worked there, I put my friend's coats, (laughs) I put my friend's coats downstairs, just because, like, we didn't have to pay for the cloakroom, okay, and then at the end of the night, I went to go get my friend's North Face coat, and I picked up the wrong coat, so I picked up a guy's coat who worked there, and it had his house keys and all his money there. So I literally stole this guy's coat and I woke up to like 15 messages being like, wake the fuck up. I have no money and I cannot get home. So much so that I was shown the CCTV of me stumbling downstairs and picking up his coat and putting it on and walking out like like nothing had happened I'd never been so mortified I had to go pick up the guy and give him his coat and basically he broke into his house it was okay but it was a very awkward encounter I was so hungover and I was just apologizing out my ass and he was like you best fucking believe that I still have my shit in that coat He also had to leave his car and he was like, if I have a parking ticket, you're paying. I was like, that is completely fair. It was so fucking embarrassing going to work the next day, being a thief. Going into a place of work when you were absolutely smashed, because I would go clubbing there a lot, was absolutely humiliating because then they would pull the CCTV up and be like, let's watch the Millie show and it's me just stumbling around telling everyone I work there if I had kissed someone they zoom in on it they're having a little giggle and I'm like shut the fuck up I do not remember that I'm going in to the manager's office having a great time telling them I quit telling them I love them piecing the fuck out stealing people's jackets leaving them homeless Sorry guys, I went to go get a Diet Coke and then continue with this episode. And now it's two days later. On to the last story, okay? This one's dramatic. 
put your seatbelt on. No, that that's all I've got to put your seatbelt on. Safety first. I'm going to go through the highway code with you. Okay, okay, no, we're not. We'll go through the highway code in another episode. It's very, very important. I literally do not remember anything. Oh, the highway code brings me on to my Fiat 500. And my Fiat 500 is very much featured in this story. So the club was about to close. And I look out the window. And there is a man being pinned up and arrested on my grey Fiat 500. I had to throw the grey in there to make it look like I'm less basic than I already am, okay, there are police dogs, there's a massive police van, there's an ambulance, and I'm like, oh my god, not on my Fiat 500, his name's Freddie, my Fiat 500, I know, could it get any worse, no, his name's Freddie, I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on, my shift ends, And I kindly asked the police officer if he could remove the man from my Fiat 500. I keep saying Fiat 500. Let me say it again, Fiat 500. The man gets moved, which is, it's super cute. Thank you. Because he sweated all over my car and I will keep that sweat there forever. We love a bad boy. We love a criminal. No, we don't. I'm good to go. The sniffer dogs have sniffed me. I'm clean. (laughs) I'm good. No drug goes on me. I'm starting to drive home and I reach a red light and in front of me is an ambulance. So I'm thinking, all Gucci, all safe. And this drunk, hysterical man, I do not know what he was on. His anger scared the shit out of me. He comes out of nowhere and starts banging on my bonnet, screaming at me to fuck off. Like screaming, fuck off, banging on my bonnet. I'm freaking the fuck out, okay, and then he goes to the side of the road, and there's grit in this, like, yellow box thing, and he starts throwing the grit at my car, my Fiat 500, <laughs> he, then he starts to go towards my window, the ambulance at front is just chilling, it really does not give a shit what happens to me, finally, a green light, and I drive away from him, I'm kind of in shock, so I'm driving through the forest and there's no signal so when I get out the forest I phone the police because loads of young girls and young guys are walking home at that time and this man is like fucking aggressive so I phone the police and I'm like hi like there's been an incident where this guy like he's he really scared me this is what he did like I'm just worrying because like students walking home at this time the woman who answered the phone was very sassy and she was like, sorry, like, she didn't care what I was saying, she goes, sorry, why didn't you call earlier, and I was like, I was focused on just getting out of the area, and then I had no signal, so that's why I didn't call, bearing in mind, it was like 10 minutes, okay, she was like, I just want to understand why you didn't call earlier, like, it happened 10 minutes ago, like, what caused you to call a bit later than this, I was like, there is a man on the loose and he's super aggressive. Does it really matter? I was trying to get out the area. And this woman would not stop focusing on the fact that I didn't call 10 minutes earlier. I had no service. She was so rude. And she was like, okay, thanks. We'll see what we could do about it. Puts down the phone. And I'm like, we literally wasted a five minute conversation where I could have been telling you more details, but you were too hung up on why I didn't call earlier.
this is the last little story and it makes me laugh a bit. So there was this guy that would always come into the club and he was friends with the manager. Um, and I would serve him drinks when I was a hostess. And he would say this catchphrase. And I won't tell you what this catchphrase is. But he would say it to me all the time. And every other hostess was like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, pipe down. Like, you are not making sense. <laughs> anyway, I see on Instagram that he's going into Love Island, Casa Amor. And I'm watching it. And he says the catchphrase. First of all, I'm like, I'm not special. Like, I'm heartbroken. But then he goes on After Sun and they ask him, where did this catchphrase come from? He says he thought of it on the spot. My jaw dropped. I was like, you did. You thought of that on the spot. A, that's embarrassing because it doesn't fucking make sense. <laughs> B, um, hello. What about me? I wish I could say the catchphrase. Okay, what about me and the, like, 15 other girls he said it to, but, like, he said it to me. I'm going to leave it at that because I need to go shave my legs. <laughs> no, I really do. I'm not joking. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Millie's Mess. Let me know what you want to see in the future. Follow the podcast Instagram, Millie's Mess Podcast, and my Instagram, follow my Instagram, um, Millie Dutton for sure. Oh my god, guys, side note, when I was at boarding school, people used to call me <laughs> Millie Dutton Foreskin. Or Millie Dutt Big Butt. How fucking outrageous. Anyway, anyway. If you guys enjoyed it, also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'd really appreciate that. And as always, if you have nothing nice to say, do not leave a fucking review. Thank you. I can't wait to see you guys next week. 